0: Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Hey Mark, how's it going? I'm all right. Yeah, so we're talking about U2's The Joshua Tree, which came out in 1987. Now, would you say this is sort of your introduction for the band?
1: I had two main introductions they both came from my older sister. She had this album and then she also had the uh Live at Red Rocks album which had some some of these songs and then some of their earlier tunes. But yeah, I think this is the main main introduction. And, and I'll kind of get into you know how I listened to the album back in the day. <laughs> I was only 4 years old when this came out. My sister had it and then I started playing it, you know, when I got into music probably in my middle school days i would guess
0: well for me definitely the radio would be the i would have heard about them of course so a lot of these songs are regular radio mm-hmm. play and right speaking um i probably heard some pre-beautiful day which came out okay in so i think i maybe hadn't started listening to radio that much pre-2000 but i think i'd heard enough that i'd probably be familiar with with some of those yeah, I'd say this was probably the maybe the only album I'd really listened to, and then later I, I listened to pop a lot, bit of a contrarian. I liked that <laughs> particular sound, and maybe because I also heard uh, so much of Joshua Tree on the on the radio, so I did have yeah. It's like by the time I actually listened to Joshua Tree, is you know, is already familiar with half of the songs on there. You know, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So and then in two thousand nine. I won tickets to see you too. So, oh cool. Yeah, so I got to see them at the Rose Bowl. Is that it happened to be the first concert that was streamed live on YouTube. And I think there was some issues. I think my dad tried to watch a little of it on, on YouTube and he said he got buffering issues. But <laughs> right. it's still fairly early for live internet streaming, which crazy now that I think about it. Now it's like everything you can watch live in high definition.
1: I mean, you still have some buffering and streaming issues. Yeah. You know, but, but back then, it was, it was very f- frequent. Did you say you were a radio call-in? Yes. Winner? Cool.
0: Yeah. Like K-Rock um, or something?
1: Not K-Rock. 94.9.
0: 94- 94.9. Yeah, cool. Which is kind of funny. I think they they play some of the stuff. But they played some on the Rock station, some on the alternative station, and like some on the older... Maybe adult contemporary.
1: contemporary. I
0: don't know if that's the right.
1: Phrase yeah.
0: Like the classic rock.
1: Did um, you have to answer a question to to get it, or I do not you believe just number ten. No.
0: I think it was just yeah, caller ten or whatever. That's the only radio t- thing I have won now. I think at the time, U two was a little bit past their peak popularity. Even though just I've a gone. little bit. It was still fun to see them, but with the Rose Bowls, ninety seven thousand people.
1: Yeah, I was gonna afterwards. ask about. How are your seats?
0: (laughs) (laughs) They were pretty close to the top. I mean, so in a way, that's kind of cool. And they had huge video screens set up that weren't normally part of the stadium. It kind of had it like a basketball arena feel or what they do in football stadiums now where they have four big video monitors in each of the directions. So you can see some of that better. Uh, Opening act, Black Eyed Peas. I don't know how (laughs) much it fits there. Style, but maybe it was just trying to increase the appeal for the that it was a live YouTube. event, so. yeah.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a YouTube iTunes tie in, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I didn't mind, the, I actually enjoyed the, I, I definitely like getting the free album. Um, you know, and it wasn't something I played over and over, but I did, I did play that a few times,
1: yeah. I this is what that was that year, the the free album year, uh, that came out
0: it. like a few years later, okay. Um, Oh, 2014 was the album that came on, Freon. Ah. So there's a couple albums in between. What's the uh, Uno Dos Tres Catorce song? Vertigo. I don't so know. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's, that's what I know it is.
1: Uno yeah. Dos Trace Catorce. Sounds I mean, like a Vertigo bad joke was, I would
0: make in high school. Vertigo was a big song, and I liked it, but it wouldn't be my most popular. But that was 2004, and then I think that was kind of there biggest popular song for a while they did i kind of liked also the the saints are coming which was a it was like you two and green day performing together almost felt more like a green day performance even though it was or green day plus bono it's like the later career that it's a few great songs a decade almost you know this album definitely more than a, a few great songs um, yes i agree as much as i maybe listen to other albums a little more probably heard this the most considering the times that i heard on the the radio play and i think if i hadn't heard all these on the radio as much i would have been drawn to this interestingly enough i think outside of the u.s it's harder to keep track of album sales up until even like the mid 2000s there have always been like estimates which i i thought was pretty crazy like even 87 so the estimate on this is 25 million around the world oh wow which is the fortieth best selling album worldwide. You know, there's definite peaks on that where the eighties and the nineties had an advantage over other current day. <laughs> like for example, with the Beatles, um their top selling album is the one is one, like their best, huh. best album. Yeah. Because I, it's I relatively had that. cheaper and easier to get that album than it is the individual albums were huge for their time. They didn't sell the massive numbers it sold later. And then obviously things dropped off in 2000 on you know as far as those yeah they actually recorded uh the single sweetest theme as part of the sessions and then they cut it because they didn't felt it didn't fit the, <laughs> the album.
1: i had their like one hit the ut's one hit wonder or whatever that they're the number one singles and i really like that song later but i'm so glad they didn't keep it on this i mean it's such a silly funny song yeah. i like <laughs> the song but it just doesn't fit.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a silly song, and the vocals are a little optimistic upbeater or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, the story on that song, well, going briefly, because obviously it's not part of the actual um, is that he wrote the song after he ended up forgetting his wife's birthday while they were recording uh, Joshua Tree. Ah. Uh, that was kind of see. an apology-type song first album that was released on CD, vinyl, and cassette on the same day. And they did win Album of the Year for the overall project. At first, you know, my impression, I've kind of grown to like the album cover and the theme. Maybe because the Joshua Tree is relatively close to where I grew up that I didn't think it was that special. It is kind of a striking image, and, and I think it helps set their... The feel of the album, even if they don't strictly follow a theme of like talking about America,
1: the album has like a bit of a sparse sound to it at, at times, and kind of feels like riding around in the open country. I think the some of the imagery matches that feel.
0: They actually set aside time to drive in America and and take photos for the album cover. They didn't necessarily have the title. They wanted to do it on America, but then they hadn't really decided on that particular location until they, they got there and like like what they're doing with the photos and
1: So had they migrated to America like fully by this point? Because they're an Irish band. Yeah. You know, they're an Irish like they were originally like a punk new wave uh Irish band. And then nineteen eighty seven that's still pretty early in their career. So
0: they have just done a bunch of tours in the US and I think they like the idea of America as a concept. Also, or I think it was, and I think it was partially that they've done so many songs that were about Ireland before this that they that Bono was trying to do this to get out of there. Like they ended up doing a bunch of tours, you know. Then they still continue to do tours in there. But the album itself was recorded in Ireland. It was, yeah. I do like the. The album photo with the band on one side. So it's it's one photo that stretches around to the back. I do appreciate that with CDs, kind of the interconnected thing. It's the way you can play with the art.
1: Yeah, I had the CD at one point, but uh, I don't have it now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I went back to Spotify.
0: The digital artwork shows the full panorama um, from the front and the back as part of it with black bars to make it a square. Because now albums have to be in a square.
1: I like the black bars. Looks classy.
0: Yeah. So the first song where the streets have no name, I think this is my personal favorite of the entire band's catalog.
1: Nice. It's up there with me band's entire catalog. And it's definitely up there for this album. <laughs> which is which is funny because it's got that long intro. And I remember the first few times I listened to it, I was like, This is such a long intro. But I also really dug it too.
0: Yeah. Well speaking of this, like the original idea is like contrasting Ireland with Africa. Oh, okay. I, I never part of the beauty on this album is you can you can read into the the lyrics uh <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. But yeah, no that um so like well, Bono describes it saying that like in Ireland you could or in especially Dublin, you could tell people's religion and salary by where they live. Like okay. address and then saying like in Africa like there's the streets don't have any names there's no like division between people which knowing that you know I have some issues with the like saying I don't know if he's necessarily like saying like Africa is better or uh, yeah bad. and
1: uh, which country in Africa
0: is he talking <laughs> yeah. about yeah <laughs> because also you know it's like yeah there's you could say that maybe it's like everyone that's poor kinda of has to do that, but they're they're even bigger um income disparity, you know?
1: Yeah, in Africa there's some massive income disparity. Actually, yeah, there's some super rich people who just control control certain parts of land or control resources and then foreign traders get involved. It's really yeah. complicated.
0: I mean that's also a big thing, yeah, is that the money and the productivity doesn't stay within the continent or within each country.
1: It's interesting. I didn't know that Musically, I think there. If it, I can. I almost hear some kind of like African style guitar, but what the edge is doing in the background, just a little bit. I wonder if they who's influenced by, by any of that.
0: Not quite sure on that for the music. Also, it seems like that the band, at least from like what I read about it, that the the music and the lyrics are often created separately, like or at least more than usual in that, Bono writes all the lyrics and then he, he comes in with his own ideas and he's not really writing the music. And by the way, Bono was talking, he was on a humanitarian trip to Ethiopia.
1: Ethiopia. Okay. And did, when you were younger, did you see any, um, religious or
0: yeah. symbolism?
1: I mean, or that's like... the
0: big thing is that, you know, I, I didn't read that much into the lyrics, but I thought it was about heaven
1: yeah that's what i thought or like the, the the new kingdom you know cr- you know, christ the lord uh or, the kingdom, like the, yeah, tearing the kingdom. down the walls <laughs> or,
0: <laughs> yeah it seems like you know it's like talking about like a you know a heaven on earth kind of thing yeah i don't think and we're not alone on that you know that's often the religious interpretation of that you know and that's that or certainly within the religious circles but i think that's also kind of a mainstream of uh uh-huh. that you know and i think that's also the part of the dreamlike music is real creative and it's, you know it's hard to nail down the time signature or what the the arrangement builds out of chaos where it's it's not really there's almost you know not that much structure to the song uh-huh. coming out of nowhere and then yeah it's just building lyrics are able to kind of keep it together you know but that's what it kind of feel like. And I don't think there's an actual choir, like as far as background both vocals, but it kind of feels like the kind of music that would have it. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. It's up there with their most popular songs. So it was kind of the third signal. The streets have no name. It kind of feels like a description of heaven. Like that probably would be an accurate description of heaven. Like it feels like that there doesn't need to be addresses. And I like the... Uh, you know, want to feel sunlight on my face. That's also feels like that heaven on earth, even yeah. though I think in heaven description says there's no need for the sun.
1: Yeah, Lord's light shines on us. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I did like the line like shelter from the poison rain, even though I'm not quite sure what I'm talking about on that. Like it doesn't seem to fit in with like Africa or avoiding anything.
1: Yeah, it just feels spiritually evocative. Imagine uh, the poison of this sinful. <laughs> Sinful war and destruction and, and sin.
0: The music video for this is, is kind of goofy. It's enjoyable as like a piece of YouTube history. They should have done it with a different song. I think intentionally tried to do something like the Beatles' Get Back performance, where they perform okay. on a rooftop and then get shut down by the police. <laughs>
1: that okay. just doesn't match. It yeah. doesn't match.
0: No, and that's, you know, and did that it's like intentionally i mean people yeah. the crowds were real happy to see you too and stuff and things but yeah it doesn't it it just is kind of weird so i still haven't found what i'm looking for this song was their first number one in the u.s i mean they had good success with some of their other songs reaching number one in ireland or in england you know it's like this and with or without you were their only huh. number ones in the U.S. from the album? All right, no, actually, with their entire catalog, never um, oh, wow. quite hit number one in the U.S. for some reason. Even a uh, beautiful day, I have to look that up. That's surprising. It, yeah, might have just been been timing.
1: Is this song about his uh, his car keys?
0: <laughs> 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 okay, so you laugh, but then their music video cause wouldn't dissuade you from that. It's Bono and the Edge walking around uh, Vegas. Him playing guitar, you know, it's like delighted fans, or people are real excited to see him without it being like a, a full like concert fans like in a concert or or even in the previous music video, seen from the the street. It's another one that's like it's kind of unique to see, but I I think they they needed more to make it actually a full video.
1: So is there kind of some message about like the the unfulfilling nature can of fame? Read and into, glory?
0: You could certainly read into the. Seeing people gambling and stuff in the background, like the slot right. machine stuff and the and the bright lights <laughs> of Vegas, and that one I can definitely I think that's accurate on that. This
1: is an interesting song because when I was young, I thought it was nice and spiritual, but also as I've been grown older, I'm like, well, maybe Bono really hasn't found what he's looking for, and I'm not I'm not, I'm not sure. You know, like I don't know the scriptures. If you come to knowledge of the Lord you still feel some type of struggle but you wouldn't necessarily express this sentiment of saying i'm still looking if you
0: found the lord right it's i think it's frankly um, amazing to hear like a song that this this popular talking about finding jesus or whatever you know and he doesn't say jesus but he it's like i believe in the kingdom come but it's weird because he says he's yes i'm still running and then i think it's not just the way the song's structured that you have the chorus again after that He's found God or he believes in God, but he still hasn't found what he's looking for.
1: There's a big big question mark
0: there. I think I kind of go back and forth between those two. Now I do agree that I think that's the main subject of the song. I mean, if you only listen to the first half of the song, either that love isn't satisfying or fame isn't satisfying him. I I think I read into the fame stuff just because it's talking to the the devil and that's kind of a a major
1: trope Uh if you're talking about like i'm searching for the place where the streets have no name (laughs) it's like the scripture's talking about present assurance so if there is that it's like there is present assurance but maybe you still haven't arrived there and the kingdom come there's definitely tension there
0: (laughs) like he fully believes in heaven but that it hasn't happened yet i can see that because that's kind of that interpretation that's where he's he's happy with it that he's he just said it's it hasn't come fully yet. Yeah. Broke the bonds, you loosened the chains, carried the cross of my shame. That's definitely, I mean, talking about, you know, Yeshua, Jesus lifting the cross, carrying, taking away sin from him and from other people.
1: Is he not satisfied yeah. with that? <laughs>
0: no. He said that he wrote this in the style of the Psalms. David has a lot of Psalms, like talking about searching. I think the David. Psalms are going to be confident in the faith. Usually it talks about, let's despair, leading into relief. He also spoke with tongues of angels, and he still has found what he's looking for. And that feels like this line in First Corinthians, like, you know, if I speak with the tongue of angels, but I don't have love, then I'm just a resounding gong. I like the message is catchy. Maybe some of the people that hear this think about the verses. You still get a message from the title of it. Yeah, musically, it's nice.
1: If I'm in a certain mood, I'll enjoy. I definitely enjoy this song. If I'm not in the mood, I'll just skip it.
0: <laughs> I typically won't change the radio dial on YouTube, but then if I was listening to the album, like I, I might start with only listening the second half. Like, but I get what you're saying about the like, same, yeah. same here. I, on that message just because I've heard them a lot.
1: I'm curious if if you do the same thing I do. If I'll start it from the beginning, I'll listen to the first three songs. Otherwise, I'll start it. On number track five, and I'll skip over "Bullet the Blue Sky." There's a few occasions where I've like actually listened to this entire album front to back. I think more recently, uh, starting on track five and just listening to the second half has been more enjoyable. But that's just because they constantly played tracks one through three when I was younger. Yeah, they... everything they, they do well is like are already ingrained in my head.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think all these these three songs, they all too well individually and it works well on the album i mean maybe Mm -hmm. i do the slightest detraction in that i still haven't found what i'm looking for it's a little too similar musically to where the streets have no name yes with or without you
1: now what is this song really about
0: (laughs) yeah this one i'm not quite sure i think it's talking about like a struggling relationship
1: friends was right when they used it (laughs)
0: <laughs> but it's another one where it's like usually with christian artists if you're not paying attention you think it's a secular message and then, right. then you could say some of these songs it's like if you're not paying attention like you think it's a christian message that like, i mean that was my, that was when i was younger that's that's how i was then it kind of fits in like i want to Feel like with YouTube being one of the most successful bands and the feel of the music, like I almost want to to give them the benefit of doubt. Like I want to interpret it more in in the Christian themes.
1: You want to? (laughs) They had a background. Yeah, I think they were like a youth band kind of at one point.
0: I think they're definitely Christian, or at least had that, or at least yeah, certainly raised Christian, and they met at a Christian school. I don't know how Christian they were, like like when they were real young and, and doing that i think it kind of came around to, to using christian imagery the lines yeah see the stone set in your eyes see the thorn twist in your side like my first thought is like okay well it's not directly addressing things but it feels like it's biblical imagery
1: i think it's possible and so is he talking about like struggling i can't live yeah i don't know
0: if the song was i can't live without you then right I definitely say, okay, well, it can—it's both a relationship, happy relationship, or or at least an English relationship, and then a, a Christian imagery song. But then, what's it? I can't live with or without you. Like, it really doesn't work as a as a Christian song now. Yeah, and it also- hey,
1: Lord says, take up your cross and follow me. <laughs> you know, which is a challenging message for sure. But it's a Lord challenges us to make decisions. And which is difficult. It's a more like a relationship song that uses some yeah. Christian imagery.
0: Now, now that I get that it's a it's kind of a struggling relationship. But beyond that, like, you can't really parse some of the lyrics on that. Like, it, <laughs> it's kind of beautiful imagery, but I can't quite figure out, like, what's going on with the song.
1: All right. Right.
0: <laughs> I think initially I really like the song, but I don't know why this was, like, such a popular song. Like, I get the other there right. real popular songs. It's a perfectly fine song.
1: I loved the song when I was younger. And then at some point, I think it just became overplayed. The buildup is nice. And then, then when he gets the, oh, he's oh, a little like yodeling In the last part, it feels like a nice release and like a nice um, euphoric buildup of the tension. And so the guitar is still cool. The other songs have had more lasting value and more interest to me. And we're on repeated listens ever since
0: the music is kind of subdued but i think it's a it's an opportunity for bono to show off his singing skills hold the blue sky now this one i think i've had heard it on the radio i'd heard some of the
1: we, we've talked about this one yeah. <laughs> when we did our pod
0: yeah
1: album.
0: Up. right and i'm pretty sure i'd heard the the pod version first which so that definitely influences my perspective On this at first, it like feels weird. Uh, Obviously, it's like when whenever you hear, you know, if it's the original song and you've heard the cover more often, like it just throws you off like you you have to compare compare to that, at least after listening to this a few times. Like, I don't really think the P.O.D. version um, improved on the on the YouTube version. And also, I think it lost some of the themes where both the Blue Sky fits in better with this album. Than POD does with Southtown, okay. like I think POD is, is just anti-gun, which I think also fits into the Southtown theme. But both the Blue Sky I think of can read into a more anti-consumerism. And then I I also read like a, a bunch of the backstory on why he wrote the song. But I don't think that's necessarily in the lyrics unless you unless you do the look up why he wrote it.
1: What does he say?
0: He wrote this as like anti US intervention in Central America, especially El Salvador. Okay. And so this okay. is happening in the mid 80s, specifically anti Ronald Reagan, the guy that's red like Thornbush and slapping down the hundreds.
1: 100, 200.
0: <laughs> yeah. I appreciate how he he sings on this. Like, you know, I wouldn't have necessarily guessed that, that they could do a version of this hard right 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 like a hard kind of rock song with with the vocals
1: yeah this is definitely a hard rock song hard rock song at a slower tempo on that way i think pod is a hard rock band so it's more in there but but the the guitars here even though marcos did a nice job of like mimicking some of the guitars the guitars and like the the dynamics and the the production and the bass and the drums and the way everything just like is atmospheric i think it's it's kind of cool it's an interesting choice. Like, we were talking about the sweetest thing. The sweetest thing is way too syrupy and goofy. And this one is like, like there's no other song on this album that has this tone. But you can argue that it breaks up the flow of the album, or you could argue that it helps kind of the more softer, mid-tempo songs, like less aggressive songs. There's an l- edge so that you can come back Come back down and be like more angelic and soft around this track. But for me, it doesn't always work. Sometimes I just want to listen to like the good pop songs. If you start off on, you know, any of the tracks after this, that they they flow better with the rest of the album.
0: Yeah, it's like musically, it's it's different on on that. I think it it helps that it matches lyrically some of the other stuff that's that's going on in the U.S. Yeah. as a theme on that if I were to listen to the album um, start to finish or most of it start to finish, I would still include both the blue sky might be my third favorite song on on there where the streets have no name. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Okay. So some of the other lyrics were, yeah, I was like talking about like the firefly red, orange glow is like helicopters firing missiles. Um, yeah, It's pretty strong that the U S military intervention in El Salvador is comparing that to the, KKK burning crosses. Oh, wow. It's a, antithetical to Christianity in the US.
1: Which is a fair critique.
0: I agree with that. Until I read into it, I, I didn't really notice the irony of like they've run into the arms of America, saying it could be the refugees from the countries that have been uh, attacked by the US and up in the US. Right, right, right. I think some of that is, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's, if that's all the US's fault. There's also some dictatorships. But also sometimes it's like the dictatorships were supported by the U.S.
1: Or they play both sides. Or they, they uh they support them <laughs> for a while.
0: When they perform it live, because there wasn't an amazing video on this one, but they would often like kind of hammer in the points with the with the video images. Like Sometimes it would be anti-U.S. intervention. Sometimes it was more like anti, anti-guns, anti-consumerism. But I believe uh, when I was seeing it in the mid-2000s, I think it was like, Anti um, handguns. Yeah,
1: and there's still a lot of irony about that. <laughs> if yeah. you've ever followed what the the ATF does, <laughs> some of the the ways that they try to. Yeah, I just don't understand the poli- Some of the policy, it was, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. There,
1: there's some corruption there.
0: Well, I like the rattle and hum line also that they used for the one of their live albums. I like that. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, and it's compress- like driving nails into the soles of the tree of pain. Thing that I want to say is a religious symbolism, but I can't figure out what it's talking about.
1: Is this is this the song does Jacob wrestle the angel and the yeah. angel was overcome?
0: Obviously that's straight from the Bible, you know, talking in Genesis. But that one I'm not quite sure is that talking about the countries being able to defeat the US? In the context, I'm I'm not quite sure what it is.
1: How it relates? I it means, no. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Next up is running to stand still. I think that sometimes when I've listened to this album, I did start on this track, and you're saying that you did too. Yep. It's a fairly long album. You still get like a 35 minute album with the remaining songs. You know, some of the songs beyond this point had some radio play, but they weren't consistently on the radio.
1: It has a like slow little intro, with a little almost country sound, but then kind of builds into like a classic U2 or or what became classic later era U2. I like how the song builds. Yeah. I don't know what it's about <laughs> exactly, yeah. but it sounds nice. <laughs>
0: gotcha. Well, first uh, the music is basically improvised. Like Bono was seeing some lyrics and then like they basically just came up with a with the music on the spot and didn't change much for the following like when they started recording it. Well, I don't know if you if you want to hear the message on what he says the song's about.
1: Yeah, you can say it. You can go yeah, for it. so
0: he's talking about it's like a couple struggling with drugs. Oh, that's uh... on that so. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a downer, you know, but it's uh I think it kind of certainly fits in with the the title. I like that imagery because I'm also thinking of Alice how, you know, in this case it wasn't necessarily a drug metaphor unlike most of Alice, but it was like in her case, it was like, you got to run as fast as you can just to keep pace. It's like chasing the high. I get that. You know, it's like talking about like the destructive power on that. And specifically, it's like bitter taste in my mouth. I see seven towers, but I only see one way out is like talking about a specific housing project. And in his view, the that's the only way to come out is to die on that.
1: It's interesting because it's like a li- uplifting sounding song. Thing, I guess if you dig into it. But it's this meaty. That's a meaty subject. Is he talking from
0: personal experience,
1: or is he talking about a, somebody he knows, or?
0: You know, I don't think he's an exact couple. That he let me check that again.
1: He just has the story. Yeah. This has some good Bono pipes. The
0: hoo hoo-hoo, hoo,
1: the hoo hoo's falsetto.
0: Yeah, I did like that. Yeah, and I think that either the Irish background or you know, wanting to show some of the American background, like that they're showing some of the kind of more folk and blues Uh kind of sound. Now the song when he wrote it, it's about Dublin, not necessarily some of these songs don't fit with uh, being in America, though. I don't think he references places outside of America.
1: Outside of America. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: okay. He'd kind of seen it. I think it was kind of his, his imagination just because of, it's not necessarily a true story doesn't mean it's completely a false story that would never happen you know one thing I thought that was kind of interesting they got all these songs and they they did decide here are the 11 songs that we're going to have their only opinions was that they wanted the first song to be where the streets have no names and then the last song to be mothers of the disappeared and then they lifted up to the record label to decide where the song order
1: I mean I, yeah I wonder I'll, I'll play around with the track list See if if I have a different preferred track list. That's pretty cool. That's partially what makes it a strong album, is that all the songs, even Bullet the Blue Sky, Guy, do feel like they can go together.
0: So moving on to side two, we're now talking about Red Hill Mining Town. Yeah. definitely think is an evocative name. Is it talking about a specific incident? What are your thoughts on the song first?
1: I'm curious about what the incident is. I may have looked it up a little bit, but I like the song. It sounds really nice. It's got a nice 80s, but also kind of a modern feel somehow, a little bit timeless, Uh, like the sound of this song.
0: It was a union strike of mine workers, basically, as they were closing down unprofitable mines. It really wasn't that successful. Um, First, the police ended up breaking it up. And part of that, it was driven by the prime minister at the time, Margaret Thatcher, who's conservative and then a bit of a hard line on things.
1: So this was the U.K.?
0: Yeah, and that's another thing that this wasn't an American song.
1: Sounds like it could be very much an American song. Yeah, definitely.
0: Down the line, government took over the entire mines towards the end. It's kind of something that was, I think, inevitable from an economic perspective. Like It peaked in 1920 and then kind of kept steady till the 1960s, and then there was a pretty sharp decline. There's other forms of energy. Definitely sympathize with union and stuff, but then it could have been... One of those industries that was just not working out. And certainly there's the same kind of feeling in the U.S., but obviously there's still some coal mining in, in the U.S., but it's definitely those same kind of issues, right?
1: Yeah, well, it's decreased dramatically since back in the day. So the song title, it actually has a, a very direct meaning. Is it, was it, is the city called Red Hill? Is that actually the name of the town?
0: That's a good Red question. Hill. There was a book, it was titled Red Hill. I know the, the song itself is a little more vague, and I think that's also part of keeping With the America theme.
1: It's one of those songs that I think I could listen to over and over and over again. And it, it kind of grows in appreciation for me, mm, musically. I don't have like specific thoughts one way or the other about coal miners, but I do sympathize with the idea of having your livelihood being changed, being a worker, going through hard times.
0: Yeah, I definitely have a sympathy for it. And it's not easy to say, yeah, okay, here's... You can get education and find a different job, assuming that the jobs are around. If they set up the music video, they're not actually performing in a mine, but it's a set that looks like a, a mine. <laughs> uh, I want to see... Uh... Because then they intercut historical footage of people working on mines, but then when they're performing, there's a canary in a coal mine and, like, literally...
1: There literally is. It's the police song about them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they missed an unfortunate chance to... Get the rest of us to see all of you two wearing hard hats with little
0: lights on
1: <laughs> That would have been great in retrospect.
0: It is kind of funny. At the end of the shot, they have like a, a bunch of canaries flying. It's a single shot, but it just reminds me of John Woo with the pigeons. This is that kind of motif. So there's a little more politics um, from the video itself. You know, the song's all right. I think live Bono said that he doesn't perform it as much because they have hard time hitting the higher notes. They've also done concerts where they did the album in full, like as part of anniversary tour, so yeah, they've obviously played it live, you know, it wasn't always played as part of their original tour, um because that, yeah, it was a single,
1: oh, it was it was a single, okay, you know, a lot of other singers I might just change their approach to the song, you know, if you can't hit the high notes, just do a lower note but make it interesting, but I guess he wants to keep it
0: like the album. I'll stay corrected on that. Yeah, so it was originally supposed to be a single, but I think when they had the issues of it playing live, they decided not to do it. And then I still haven't found what I'm looking for was moved up on the schedule for that. Oh, interesting. Well, Also, then they actually, he, he never pre- performed it live until 2017. Oh, really? Wow. That's interesting.
1: I can see like why they would have it as a single. It does sound like some of the other 80s groups feels like a little bit like a throwback. Well, now. <laughs> I mean, it reminds me, it gives, gives me some nostalgia. But they probably, even though they didn't choose it, they made the better decision choosing the other song just because it's more interesting or more unique. I really like the song, though. But maybe I like it more than you.
0: I think it's all right. Father to son, kind of talking about generational. Our Labor Day has come and gone is definitely talking about Margaret Thatcher. He didn't take it literally without knowing the meaning, but then labor is one of the more liberal parties, or at least definitely more liberal than the conservative party. Scorch the Earth is kind of maybe addressing a little bit of the environmental destruction, if it's really talking about it. Okay, so next up is In God's Country, getting back to America as a country and maybe an ideal version of America.
1: This is another song where I have like, There's like the feeling that the song gives me, but I don't like totally pay attention closely to all the lyrics, just how most of them feel. And then obviously it's in God's country. (laughs) You see, he repeats that over, over and over again. Um, Yeah, this is a song I go back and forth on. This is like a very typical U two kind of song. If you're gonna say what does U two sound like, I'd probably put on this song as like an example to somebody. Of like all their styles, and like sometimes it sounds really cool. I think if I don't look at the track title, and then if I just listen to the song, and then it kind of sneaks up on me, I really enjoy it. But if I look at the track title and then put it on the song, I keep waiting for him to say "In God's Country" several, several, several times.
0: <laughs> he does say it a lot, and that's the only thing that's I think that's a little too repetitive on this. But but I I like the lyrics overall, and I I like the theme on that.
1: What's the message? But no. there's
0: an ideal America dreaming for it, and their liberty, etc. We need new dreams tonight.
1: Okay. And so it's
0: it's not too specific on the what to do about it, but just that there's an ideal America that calls out.
1: Yeah, nice. It's not ironic.
0: I think this definitely is more like typical U2 as as far as the music, and I'd say also the lyrics too, you kind of their optimistic stuff. I it was interesting. Sleep comes like a drug in God's country. I think it's saying like sleep comes easy. In this case, I'm thinking it's probably talking about like a, a medicinal drug. Okay. And I also like crooked crosses. In this case, I think it refers to the saguaro cactus.
1: Oh, nice. Do they have a saguaro in the Joshua tree area? <laughs> yeah, it could also be
0: I think elsewhere when they're talking about. So the saguaro is a tall figure, but then... Yeah, with a droopy of arms. Uh, Joshua Tree's more outstretched, you know, literally Joshua outstretched his arm. Mm. I think that was like more in like hands and prayers. It's so possible that it could be talking about the Joshua Tree plan, also.
1: Is it at all like cynical, talking about broken faith a little bit
0: or unstraight
1: faith, crooked crosses?
0: Yeah, there's a little bit of sadness, saying like I think it's like people aren't seeing it. Every day the dreamers die to see what's on the other side. Especially the the music video is intercut with uh scenes of like ellis island immigrants arriving so i think it's the part of the same lyrics also from both of them guys like yeah they they come across to into the arms of america yeah definitely not as as cynical but i don't know if every day the dreamers die is them dying in their own country trying to get here or if it's talking about that people are dying with their dreams unfulfilled yeah Yeah, she's Liberty, and she comes to rescue me. I mean, that feels like the Statue of Liberty.
1: Well, it's a nice image of America. You know, as I've grown older, I think, like, America at its best does, like, seek God. (laughs) You know, obviously. The America as Israel and the Promised Land, I don't agree with that. But I think that when the country looks to God, then it's it's better for the country. But obviously, it's a struggle, as in all countries, including
0: Israel. No, definitely don't see it as a promised land. You know, it ended up being a savior for refugees and other people, especially, you know, throughout the 20th century. Maybe a promised land in the lowercase sense. And I do think it's, it definitely had a special place, but obviously, immigration and allowing people in was better than most countries, but still not ideal. Maybe now they're not the best country for it. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then
0: maybe there's other countries that are better and certainly other countries that are better in one aspect or another. It's not enough that I'd want to move.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't move because I wanted to leave America. (laughs) You know, Economically, I'm doing better. My, My life is more stable considering my profession. Some things might be easier where I am. Even though with all the difficulty and the political unrest, in america and i didn't feel like in danger and that the society was had already broken <laughs> it's not there yet
0: i think towards the end of the song i think it kind of goes off on a weird thing and i just can't make sense of it. naked flame she stands with a naked flame i stand with the sons of cain burned by the fires of love burned by the fire of love and that's kind of the outro on, on the song and no idea what it's talking about. I mean, Sons of Cain is kind of like the descendants of them wandering the earth. So maybe it's like I stand with the people that are don't have a country. I don't know the other lines. I can't make sense of it.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs> it is a, a catchy song. It's actually my favorite out of the second half. I think I've heard it on some radio play. Or maybe I've heard it in films or something. It's definitely something that I, I think I've heard outside of the album.
1: I think so, too.
0: It was a single in the U.S. only
1: no okay
0: songs can chart without being singles per se maybe got a little extra push in the u.s just because it's uh more positive about america of course if you were to actually buy this as a, a single the b-side is "Bullet the blue sky
1: <laughs> uh, wow it's like the, the, the most uh, possibly the most upbeat song and the and the most aggressive yeah the borderline most aggressive uh, together well, i guess it works Some people might say Bullet the Blue Sky is the A-side and this is the B-side.
0: Kind of agree with that. I mean, maybe it was the markability of Bullet the Blue Sky, but I think Bullet the Blue Sky is more recognizable, more of a live show uh, staple. Okay, so Trip Through Your Wires, kind of a blues pattern, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: I think it's kind of the first of the songs that I would probably skip. They have some harmonica from Bono.
1: What so? Do you skip it because it's too much harmonica or too much blues? Or
0: <laughs> the song doesn't go anywhere, or the song isn't too interesting either musically or lyrically.
1: Okay, yeah, I think it okay. actually
0: kind of repeats some of the same. Especially, if it feels like verse three, like talking about thunder on the mountain and rain cloud in the desert sky in the distance, could have mm. fit with the previous song.
1: Yeah, they're not like a straight blues band. It's better when they take blues elements and then throw them into their U2 sound, as opposed to trying to do a blues song. <laughs> what does "trip through your wires" mean?
0: Yeah, that's a good question.
1: Is it talking about telephone, electricity, drug, like hospital beds?
0: Yeah, or like, is it the the veins, or is it like a a trap, mm-hmm. like a booby trap?
1: <laughs> nice. Okay.
0: Yeah, that would be a little
1: too. Have a nice trip. See you next fall.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I tripped through your wires.
0: I was walking your chicken coop. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, this is talking about a time I literally tripped and fell. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe it is. I mean, it could be.
0: Chorus, angel or devil. I was searching you, wet my lips. I was waiting for you to set my desire. So it kind of feels like the Gospels. When I was hungry, he fed me. When I was thirsty, he gave uh-huh. me water. It was like, it could be positive. It's like, okay, well, God's providing for me. I'm cold and clothed and me. That's definitely scriptural. But then he also says, I was naked in the clothes you made. And then there was no more water in the well, no more water. Didn't really read anything on, on the background of this song. Like, I don't think he, he's spoken about that. So it could be drugs letting them down or... Other kind of addictions.
1: Still a mystery, but that's okay. Because it's a song that we might skip anyways.
0: <laughs> that's fair. Okay, One Tree Hill, which was released in New Zealand as a single. Oh. Yeah, and the background on that is that it's actually... The title and the background of it is referring to a, a place in New Zealand. I don't know if it comes across in the lyrics of it. So a longtime roadie of the band... Died in a motorcycle accident. Mm. And the band ended up traveling to New Zealand for uh, his funeral. Oh, okay. And then they wrote it about a nearby place where there's literally a mountain with one tree on it. Oh, okay. Nice. And that it got in the name. So it was kind of already a, a landmark and then got more famous. The tree's no longer there, but they did set up like a sculpture tree kind of where it used to be. Nice. It was kind of a arid land, so it was like it it was kind of unlikely that there would be a tree on the hill.
1: I liked the song before I read up a lot on some of the background. I forgot how the guy died, but then I saw that it was a roadie. And it sounded like he was a dear friend to them and that he was a really nice guy and that they they were really touched when he when he passed passed away. I I think I I, re, I can see other like interpretations of the song, but I I, I appreciate what they that they made the song in honor of that guy
0: so it's not totally referring to the area because they also throw in jara sing his song a weapon in the hands of love and that was a Chilean singer that was imprisoned and died by the socialist dictatorship mm. at the time the blood soul cries from the ground I think some of that is yeah it's talking about like how there's death in the world raining hard you know the rain old break a heart just kind of saying that there's darkness in the world
1: mm-hmm. i think this is my favorite on the second half of the album it's so another song that i like i've grown in appreciation for it i feel like it's possibly underplayed except for maybe in new zealand
0: <laughs> they did a quick music video where they incorporated i guess it would be helicopter shots you know but just kind of scenic shots of new zealand I have also silhouettes or it blending into new zealand indigenous people i i never watched the american tv show but yeah. creator of that show named it after the song
1: yeah i never saw the show
0: they ended up using this song in the tv show at one point they didn't use it in the theme song
1: that would be too much money
0: probably yeah moving on to exit definitely another uh, dark song
1: this is a track i, I would skip for sure
0: yeah, I think I'd skip this also. And apparently this was edited down from a jam session. And it's yeah. a four-minute song, but yeah, I feel like it. Feels
1: the, like an 8 minute song.
0: took a challenge to write a story in the mind of a killer.
1: Oh, wow. It's even darker.
0: I think he wanted like to intentionally kind of set up The Mothers who Disappeared as the final song. He wanted to believe in the hands of love. I don't know if you saw the film uh, Night of the Hunter. No, I haven't. The same kind of story was also in Do the Right Thing. And I think Do the Right Thing did it better, where it was better acted, but then it was more of a central theme in Night of the Hunter, which was like a film from the 60s. A man who, in that movie, he has a tattoos love and hate on two different hands. He actually gives expositions on he's not sure which hand will win
1: <laughs> a little um, on the nose yeah. or on the hand.
0: It doesn't say anything in the song. It doesn't say where anything happens, but
1: this is the exit. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You, you're right. Maybe the title gives it away.
1: Well, at least I guess the good thing is like the like the aggression that kind of matches the inner turmoil. There is a lot of killing in America. So, like, I don't I don't know the statistics compared to other countries, but it's pretty pretty darn high up there. And there's a lot of a lot of issues.
0: I had an look this up that they did actually use clips from that film as part of the in the backdrop of live performances oh really <laughs> really wow yeah yeah i think they also use it to later performances like 2017 they they use it as kind of uh like to make trump look bad not as a, a killer but just saying like a like bloody hate dominate mm-hmm The band really likes the final song, Mothers of the Disappeared. Like, then they intentionally had that as as the last track. I do like the message of the song. I think it's it's important. And I think it's a good enough song that I don't skip it.
1: It's got a long intro. I like the music. Once it gets there, it all sounds like a hammer or something.
0: Did I read that this was
1: about kids in an African war?
0: In Latin America, the mothers that have to live under the dictatorships in Chile and Argentina, sons and daughters were taken from us. Like the way he writes the lyrics, could be kind of like that. A lot of the prophets, it's like the symbolism of Ken kind of describing sorrow,
1: even lamentations. Jeremiah
0: actually you did get to travel through uh, Chile. You know, as a under the dictatorship for quite a while. You know, now it's under a democracy. You know, they have a kind of a museum that talks about it. You know, and talking about all the. Suffering, especially the like that was a crackdown thing where it was like a lot of people were executed by the state, and then even more there was a lot of people that just disappeared. You know where it wasn't admitted, and that really happened all the way till 1990.
1: Oh wow! He's
0: brought up mothers standing holding photos of their children during live performances. Even did that in show they were able to get their live concert broadcast on national TV because major factor in that was this performance
1: after the regime change
0: you know it wasn't fully a democracy but obviously they're kind of transitioning away from it the last year so it was something that was talking about the very recent past
1: yeah so overall i think i i give them props for going in deep and doing some political messages but also keeping it uh open to some other interpretations possibly to like the listener the the idea that this is like a christian album i don't think is there (laughs) Like as believers, we can wrestle with some of these, the tensions between wanting to live and like the hopes and dreams of like wanting to live, you know, the prophets, God tells people to, to be compassionate, to care for the poor, to live with peace, search for him and, and like honor him with, with our whole lives. I think some of the issues that E2 wrestles with on here are like, definitely it's part of living in America or, or just living in the world. There's not like, uh, you know, forgiveness is in Jesus. There's no, nothing. The issue is our salvation. I don't think that message is there at all. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. So that's what he's saying. That's why he wouldn't put it this as like uh, on that side. But I think as like as a secular album or as like a mainstream album, it's nice to hear. Nice to have this album around.
0: Yeah. It's very well said. I wouldn't say it's a Christian album, but I think it's a good album for Christians. Yeah. Like, the lyrics are just vague enough that you can read a few different meanings into them, but you can definitely go into depth and see what they were thinking initially. And even having heard most of this on the on the radio, I'd still recommend it. I think it's even better in the album format.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: A couple songs I, I'd skip, I think that the, the rest is so good.
1: Yeah, agreed. Even the songs I skip occasionally all oh, it's like oh, it's okay to listen. <laughs> yeah. Songs I used to skip twenty years ago, some of those have become I've started enjoying them even more. Oh,
0: that's great. We're messianicmedia gmail.com, Facebook.com slash messianic media. Thanks for listening. I'm sure this will be longer than the actual album itself. But yeah, I think it was a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, thank you for listening. Hope you are able to wrestle with some of these songs and hope this helps you understand the album too, as it did for me.
0: Thank you for listening to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works.
1: I think I may have seen one clip, which is a ridiculous clip on TV.
0: (laughs) I think it's kind of a melodramatic scene, I just imagine, but I can't even. Uh...
1: It's like comedy. It's like so ridiculous and like tra- like tragic, but it's like it looks so fake. But <laughs> uh, on YouTube, one tree hill dog hospital. Just do do a YouTube oh, okay. search for that. There's a where <laughs> or, or like watch the one that says dog dog ate Dan's new heart. it's so terrible it's like it's so funny though (laughs) it's like one of the the funniest little excerpts from the like it's so terrible except for the fact that it's (laughs) like it's obviously fake
0: yeah that's (laughs) kind of that's so silly yeah it is silly terrible (laughs) I saw the YouTube version just kind of loops it over and over again.
1: <laughs> Do you watch the whole clip? There's like the guy; he's like rushing with the the box of the yeah. like inside the heart. You know, the box the heart's inside the box. He's rushing and he trips.
0: <laughs>
1: oh my gosh! It might have must have been hot dog flavored or <laughs> yeah, dog treat flavored. Totally.
0: <laughs> it's like
1: it's like a little kind it's a little golden retriever so it makes it even more ridiculous